there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, the, today I decided, like, you know what? I know how you all love when I cover the chipmunk, Elvin and the chipmunks, like, holiday, like, Christmas episodes and stuff like that. Like, I really had to scrounge to find this particular chipmunk movie, The Chipmunk Adventure, which came out in 1987. It's only, like, 77 minutes long, so it's not a long movie, but... In this movie, the chip chipmunks compete with the chipettes in a round-the-world race. It's got a 7.2 out of 10 rating on IMDb, based on oh my god, 4,990 reviews. Directed by Jan Janice Carmen. I love the music in it. It's so good. Now, as far as my history, of course, with the Chipmunks is going to be Elvin and the Chipmunks, which was on in, like, the 80s and 90s, that TV show. Also, the out of the Chipmunks movies that they released, like, it's got to be the first one, Elvin and the Chipmunks movie that, uh, when did that one come out? Let's see, we got all the chipmunk stuff here. Oh, these are all the animated. Oh, there's even um, Alvin in the Chipmunks. Is that still going on? I've never watched that in particular. Maybe a Bryce got her own movie? Oh my goodness. Okay, guys, sorry, I'm getting off track here. <laughs> but yeah, out of those, because there's four of those Alvin and the Chipmunks movies that came out like in the 2010s or the teens or whatever you want to call it. And I really only like the first one. I would love to get to that one at Christmas time because it really, it's, a lot of it is set around Christmas. But I want to get to some trivia for this movie. It was originally meant to be released Christmas Day of 1986 before being pushed back to May of the following year. Alright, production of the movie became too time consuming and with the deadline for the completed project fast approaching, okay. Several scenes in the original script had to be rewritten to make them simpler for the animators to animate, including the sacrificing scene, or cut from the script completely, thus resulting in a much shorter movie with fewer locations the chipmunks and the chipettes actually visit. <laughs> Miss Miller sings Come On to My House and Witch Doctor. Both songs were written by Ross Bagdasarian creator of the chipmunks and father to the film's writer slash producer slash star Ross Bagdasarian Jr. The soundtrack of the film contains an unused song that was not used in the movie called Flying with the Eagles. Also worthy of noting is that the soundtrack versions of the songs Weekend in France, Italy, England, Amsterdam, Greece, Mexican Holiday, and Diamond Dolls are much different when compared to their film versions. Why is the only one I recognize here is the Diamond Doll song? And then, of course, there's a song that the girls sing to that baby penguin that they found. And then, of course, We're Off to See the World. I love that song, We're Off to See the World. We're Off to Find New Dreams. Um, and, of course, the boys and girls of rock and roll that sing off between the chipmunks and the chipettes. Oh, my gosh, so good. Is there any goofs in here? Oh, yeah, there's some... Oh, there's a lot of goofs. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to pick out the best ones. This isn't so much 
sounds so much like a goof or just an observation. In Greece, the chipmunks and chipettes are surprised to see each other, yet they parked their balloons at the same spot. Even if one group arrived after the other, that group would have seen the balloon and known the others were already there. Well, they're too distracted. They gotta get those dolls, you know? It's They're under the gun. They, they gotta get these, you know, time constraints, of course. They don't have time to leave. Oh, uh, the chipettes are here before us. Dang it. During the song, The Girls of Rock and Roll. Okay, so it's just called The Girls of Rock and Roll, not The Girls and Boys of Rock and Roll. Okay. When the chipettes sing the line, the things they're trying to sell us, their lips aren't moving at all. The same thing happens again later in the song when the chipettes sing the line, we'll never stop believing without their lips moving. Oh, that's right. The song with the chipettes and the snakes called Getting Lucky. <laughs> here, here are the songs that actually play in the movie. We got the girls of rock and roll. We got Diamond Dolls, which honestly plays to the end. Off to see the world. My Mother, that's a song that the chipettes sing to that baby penguin. The theme from the chipmunk adventure. Ay, 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 I like you very much. I cannot pronounce this to save my life. And I don't want to for fear of offending. Come on to my house. <laughs> Always sounds like what I'm saying when I'm trying to put on a southern accent. Getting Lucky, A Matter of Fact, Part 1, Uncredited, Wooly Bully, Witch Doctor, and those are the songs. So these are the taglines. At last, Alvin's first motion picture. And the second one, here's Alvin, Simon, and Theodore in their first feature film. Those are taglines? I don't know. If I had to choose between the two of them, I'd probably say, at last, Alvin's first motion picture was released on May 22nd, 1987. I would have not been five years old for at least another three months and two days. Let's see, opening weekend, two mil. Gross, six mil. Worldwide gross, six mil. Runtime, 77 minutes. Oh, that's right. I saw this on YouTube. Um, A little girl getting emotionally worked up in, in tears, this, is, this sweet toddler gets so emotional over a cartoon. There it is. It says, emotional toddler. My compassionate young daughter gets emotional over the chipmunk adventure. I'm just watching it. I'm tearing up. This little girl could be more than maybe two years old. And you just see the emotions, like, on her face. Just a lip tremble and just, and she's wiping her eyes. And I'm just like, my God. Oh my god, there's a adorable emotional babies watching movies. Oh my gosh. Whenever I watch, and I will cover this movie for the podcast, The Land Before Time, the first one, not the others, I always get teared up when he finds the Great Valley and then the score just pumps in and it's just... Oh my gosh, my eyes are tearing up right now. Okay, let's look at some reviews for this movie. I always like to do a 10 out of 10, and like also I try to find one that's like a really like a low rating, like a 1 or a 2 out of 10, just to see like people, I mean everyone's entitled to their own opinion, of course. But um, I just like to do like, let's read a good one, let's read a, a horrible review. The first review I'm going to read is short. It's a 7 out of 10. You know, I'm 
not really finding any that are like below a five. So seven out of ten. I can't help but like this movie is what its title is from 2018. Watching the Chipmunk Adventure brought back a lot of fun memories for me. I am shocked about how many of the songs I can still sing along with. This movie has surprisingly good animation with catchy songs and a completely ridiculous yet entertaining story. I may have rolled my eyes a number of times this viewing, but I can't help but like this movie. Alright, here's another short one. This is from 2007. I gotta push the mic back. I keep pulling out or right up to my mouth. Okay, so this is from 2007, titled Great Movie Makes Me Want to Relive My Early Childhood. One of my absolute favorite movies of my childhood. Great songs. I'm 21 now and hate watching new movies with my sons because they are no fun. Why don't they make movies like this anymore? I have great memories of my sister and I singing Diamond Dolls while my dad played it on the piano after figuring it out and writing it down for us. Great times. Boys and Girls of Rock and Roll was a great song, too. This movie made me think that I could really get into a hot air balloon and fly around the world. Maybe not after talking to some weird adults. Sorry, guys. That was the oven. I don't know why it does that when I put uh, a pan in there. Excuse me. The only copy we have is, v is a VHS that was double taped off a rented copy and barely worked. Should really find out there. Yeah, I actually had to scrounge on eBay to find. I gosh, I'm trying to remember what I even paid. I think it was like under twenty dollars. But um, yeah. All right. So the lowest so far I've found is like a five out of ten, which was put out in 2017. It says good until the halfway mark. The movie was on a list for best animated films from the 80s, so I hunted down a copy and gave it a watch. Meh. The plot isn't anything special. A few international criminals trick the chipmunks and their female counterparts into smuggling diamonds all over the world as part of an around the world in 80 days hot air balloon race. Whatever we are talking about, or whatever, we are talking about the animation and it is remarkably good until about a little more than halfway into the film where it becomes noticeably generic. I'm guessing they started running out of time and pulled a rush job on the second half of the film, plus they threw in a penguin side story involving the girls just to balance out the witch doctor hammer on with the guys. And all the chipmunks sound the same, regardless of gen- Well, that's because they're pretty much voiced by the same person. This person is harping on that. But whatever. This is a kid's film, so you cannot be too hard on it. But I just wish the animation was consistent throughout the whole film. Okay, I'm not an animator, and just by reading that trivia, just how it was really time-consuming, and they had to rush, and or just, or no, it got pushed back, and that, uh, the film did. But, gosh, come on now. Don't, don't harp on the animation. The story's good. I don't know whether this person grew up watching the Chipmunks, you know, the television show that came on on Saturdays. I mean, I watched it on Saturday afternoons when it was on in the late, late 80s and, you know, reruns in the 90s and stuff like that, so. Alright guys, I don't know about you, but I am ready to jump into a chipmunk adventure. Let's do this. Of course, before I jump to the movie, I want to let you guys know I'm always open to suggestions, recommendations. If you want to do that, lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. I pretty much just review, like, 
90s kids movies and some other movies that I uh, grew up with, some TV movies. A lot of it has to do with the shows that I cover. I mean, even though I covered the Wonder Years, the podcast is called Looking Back on My Wonder Years and Wonder Years Podcast. But also, I like to think of it as me looking back on my own Wonder Years, the TV shows I watched, the movies I grew up with, stuff like that. Another couple of movies I want to get to this year. I want to get to Three Ninjas, definitely. I'd love to get to the movie First Kid. Also, before the end of the summer, I definitely want to get to The Babysitter's Club and The Parent Trap, the Lindsay Lohan version. Actually, that's a request from a podcast listener, Nicole. I also have a couple of movies here. I know. I'm just... <laughs> it's like, how are you going to be able to do it all? You Like, I'm... Two months from now, I'm going to be living a new life in a new state. I would love to do The Little Rascals or Flipper. I'm thinking Little Rascals over Flipper. Flipper can always be done, you know, next summer. So, Also, another blank check. I I still got to finish Look Who's Talking 2. I think I'm going to do that in the fall because that way I can do the third movie, Look Who's Talking Now, in December. These are just, you know, ideas that are just spouting out of my brain. But, alright, I am ready to start a chipmunk adventure. Let's get into it. Of course, we see Dave Seville's enormous white house with the red shutters. This, I, I remember because that... There's, like, a little room on each end of the house. One, of course, I know is the kitchen. I don't know what the other side is. But the thing is, it's just a humongous house. And I thought, I know he's this, Dave Seville's a songwriter. And he's also managing the chipmunk's career. I'm guessing more than likely they bought that house with the money that the boys earned. I remember that Christmas episode I covered when they did, you know, uh... Because of Christmas past, it was just Dave in a small, tiny cabin in the woods, and then the chipmunks and everything like that. So eventually, they rocketed to Sardom, they got the money, they got this house. So, we're in Dave's bedroom, and he's like, oh my gosh, the taxi's gonna be here any minute, and I haven't even packed. Are you insane, David Seville? What in the world? Hoot! What? That's just not... You look at Dave Seville, you think, this guy's clearly got it together, right? I mean, you're going on a trip to Europe. And you're going to... I'm not even sure. I know, like I said, I know that this man's a songwriter. So why is he going to Europe? For what exactly? To help promote the chipmunks? And of course he's like digging through his dresser looking like, hey, has anyone seen my tie? And Simon's like, you're wearing it, Dave. Like, oh, yeah, I am. And there's a stack of folded clothes. Because you know Simon, out of the three boys, is the one that's going to make sure that Dave is all set to go. He's not going to let Dave fall by the wayside. He's got a candy cane tie to go with a pink shirt. A Pepto-Bismol pink shirt. Mittens. (laughs) I love how the ears like, don't forget your mittens, Dave. Because he's got mittens in one hand. He's got a giant... Oh, Theodore's got... I, I He loves to eat. We all know Theodore loves to eat. He's got this sandwich that's literally as long as his head is round. So, Simon is playing tourist. Like, here, Dave, this book of Europe, I am marking all the cities you got to see while you're there. It's like, uh, 
Thanks, Simon, but this is a business trip. I don't know how much time I'm going to have to be uh, zooming around on a Vespa. Yeah, you pretty much got the stuff, you know, shirts, you got your pants, you got your socks. Uh, did he say underwear? I don't think he said underwear. Maybe that's included in the socks. Unless he's going commando, I don't know. He's like, gosh, am I forgetting anything? Zoom! Elvin is like, literally attached to Dave's like, they're like, me, you're forgetting me, take me with you, please. Elvin throws himself onto the bed and right into Dave's open suitcase. Like, no, Elvin, you cannot come. We've been through this a million times. You can't come with. It's business, no children. All of them have blue eyes. I'm trying to remember if they have blue eyes in the cartoon from the 80s and I don't know. I don't think they did. Maybe they were brown. I don't know. Maybe they're just black pupils. So, Elvin is like, hey, I need some culture in my life, Dave. I want to see the Sistine Chapel and the Eiffel Tower. The Louvre in Rome. And Simon is like, the Louvre is in Paris, Elvin. Oh, you're so dumb. <laughs> the book. We finally get a title on the book that Simon is looking at. Europe. I'm $500 a day. $500 a day? Oh my god. This is 1987 $500 a day. What are you doing that's $500 a day in 1987 in Europe? And are you doing the basic bare minimum of stuff? Here, let me get some postcards. Oh, let me get, um, here. I want to try a gelato, but it's like $8. I've never been to, yeah, out, out of the country ever. So I don't know how much gelatos cost. Gosh, my guess is nowadays in 2020, that $500 a day is going to be like $1,000 a day. They must be making bank with those albums that the chipmunks are putting out, the concerts that they're doing. That they can afford a $500 a day. I mean, it's just him. He's not bringing the kiddos with him, so. Maybe that $500 a day can be slashed in half and make like $250 a day. He can stay in the barest of bare bones hostels. You know, I've always thought the way that Dave is built, he's got a slim, like, from the waist down, but he is like, his shoulders are so just, his upper body is just, it's huge. And it's almost like, doesn't make sense. Looks like he should be like a football. I mean, it's just, so it's like, look, it's not practical. It's a business trip. Okay. I can't take you. We've been over this a billion freaking times. And plus size, I found someone really reliable to watch you as we hear Miss Miller pull up and it's like oh and even times like oh it's not Miss Miller anybody but her she's a nut she's not it's crazy um yeah and apparently she has issues with like she drives this big like pink Cadillac like Elvis Presley Cadillac did he drive a pink Cadillac I don't know but it's just like, lady, you really, I mean, she's quite a bit old. She's, I mean, she's got white, grayish white hair, so she's got to be at least in her 50s. Which is, in 1980s standards, that's like elderly. Which is so sad. <laughs> Even some, it's like, oh, did it have to be Miss Miller? You couldn't have found anybody else. 
I thought the Chipettes were living with her the, at this time. Why wouldn't she be having the kids stay with her or bringing the Chipettes there? I don't get it. Apparently the Chipettes can fend for themselves, but the Chipmunks, they need super. Well, it is Alvin, so yeah. How many times do I say that chokers don't look good on any person? Especially not Miss Miller, who is just all kinds of crazy. She's all kinds. She's eccentric is what she is. So she comes in, she's like, hello, anyone home? And of course everyone's upstairs, like, we're up here, Miss Miller. And she's like, hello, is anyone home? Like, oh my god, this woman. She's looking in the closet. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Just say you're upstairs. Like, we're up here. We're up here. She's not even looking in the direction of the stairs. Somebody go stand outside the doorway and shout down the stairs. She clearly is hard of hearing. Does she have a hearing aid? Okay, the taxi waits for no man. Get your ass out there, David. He's outside, honking his horn, like, Mr. Seville, get out here, my meter is already running. Or take your time, since my meter is already running. Even as he's running out the door, he's like, just a minute! He's forgetting stuff, as Miss Miller's like, David, your jacket! And someone's like, Dave, your tickets! Dude, you might be getting to the airport, but you ain't going anywhere if you don't have those tickets. Mind you, this is 1987, so it's not like he's got to go through security to the point where he's got to take his clothes, take his clothes off. No, you don't have to take your clothes off. <laughs> you, take, you take your shoes off. <laughs> um, you know, and it's not like he's got electronic devices like a laptop, a phone, you know, iPod, what have you. So it's like he doesn't got to worry about any of that. He doesn't have a pacemaker, so it's not going to set the alarm off. And, of course, like, he said, thanks, Alvin, for holding the door. And, of course, the taxi goes off, stops, backs up, and pushes Alvin out. Like, you are not, dude, go hang out with your brothers. Sure, you can go find the Chipettes and hang out together. Your kids. And they got, what, 20 years before technology really takes over? Alright, now we're at, this thing looks like, a, this video game, it looks like a jukebox, like it's got the liquid, you know, tube around it with the lights, and it says around the world in 80 days, and it's really, the anime, it's really cool because it's got, like, the blue balloon for the boys on the right hand side, and it's got the pink with red heart hot air balloon on the left hand side for the girls. So, of course, Alvin and Brittany, two of the biggest competitive type chip, you know, kids in the world. And it really, all you're seeing these balloons doing is just going up and down this slim, long, rectangle thing. Just going up, up, up. It almost looks like they're in like a, a, a Tetris rectangle or square or whatever you call it. Sidebar, I don't know. And of course, you can always count on Theodore to have something in his hand of edibleness. He's holding a milkshake. Oh, oh wow, now we see. Okay, because they're going through the, um, um, pyramids? Egypt? Well, the boys are anyway. I thought it said around the world in 80 days. Theodore's like, since when does Elvin like playing around the world in 30 days? I thought, I swear it said 80. I gotta go back and look for clarification. I'm going to call you out, Theodore, if I'm right. Oh, I'm just looking at Theodore's eyes, and they match his, like, turquoise-colored shirt. 
And of course, Elvin and Simon's are blue, and you know that Simon wears blue. On the show, it just seemed like El uh, Theodore wore like an Everest green or um, an emerald green or a forest green type top. And now it's more turquoise. I love the color of turquoise. It's so pretty. All right, Theodore, I apologize. I was wrong. It is 30 days. The 30 looks like an 8, kind of. Just with... Uh, I'll just give up graciously. I'm sorry, Theodore. I was very wrong. You're right. And of course, Simon's like, well, Theodore, Alvin figures this is the only way he's going to be able to travel around the world is through this video game. Oh, he's not only sipping from a straw milkshake, he's also taking a, got a, a sandwich on the other hand. Again, the sandwich is always, these sandwiches in these movies, these animated films are, they're so huge. And the thing is, um, like in All Dogs Go to Heaven with the waffle maker, though, why is it that cartoon food looks better than real food? It just looks like, oh, it looks so good. Game, it just it looks because the diner itself looks like a 50s restaurant with a checkered floor even dave's house the floor was like a black and white checkered floor this one's like kind of a, a blue and white checkered floor this is where we meet claudia and her brother klaus who don't really act like siblings they act like lovers because we see a cloud of cigarette smoke Apparently, in 1987, it was fine to smoke in this establishment. There's, like, nobody else in this place but the four chipmunks, the six chipmunks, and Claudia and Klaus. So, they're smuggled jewelry smugglers, thieves, and they're looking for someone to transport diamonds around the world, make drop-offs. Yeah, he's, uh, sucking on the tobacco stick, too. This guy, what? They don't look anything alike. They couldn't look less like siblings if they tried. And he looks, he's got this big old shock of like a white stripe of hair just going over his ear against his black hair. And he's definitely got that widow's peak thing going on. Apparently the person they normally have do all this diamond smuggling is too familiar. Jamal, who's been trying to track and catch Claudia and Klaus. It's like, well, we can't use this guy because Jamal, who's trying to, uh, you know, catch us in the act of smuggling diamonds, finds that this guy we've been using is just, he's too familiar. So we gotta go younger, basically. We gotta, and of course, the idea that while we use these kids, because no one's going to suspect children delivering stolen diamonds and of course we got to meet sophie claudia's dog she is like <coughs> with the cigarette smoke all in this dog's face so she was doing the designer dog handbag thing before the people that have you know kind of made it more popular oh that's kind of cool the dog's like secondhand smoke kills <coughs> Big damn bow on this dog's head. Big damn bow. Just pink, huge butt. You know what it makes me think of? You watch Little House on the Prairie, right? Nellie Olsen with a giant big damn bows on the back, like taking it up, practically swallowing the back of her head. That's like with this dog, Sophie. That's like a Yorkshire Terrier something to that degree. Choking on her master's secondhand smoke. She looks the dog looks up at her arm. <laughs> I can't breathe in this thing. <laughs> Please don't blow smoke in my face. 
I'm having a hard time breathing as it is. Okay, apparently Jamal has robbed them of three million dollars. They did they use it? I have no idea. This this whole hullabaloo. And of course we really hear that of Klaus Klaus is her brother, dear brother. Like oh my gosh, this lady. You want to talk big shoulders on David Seville? You check out. <laughs> I know it's 87 with the big shoulder pads. These ones are like literal quarterback shoulder pad pads out to like the max. Like, but of course, I mean, just look at. I don't know Jack Diddley about designer clothes, but they're clearly wearing that that stuff. I don't even remember. Where exactly do the kids and Dave and Miss Miller and the Chibettes live? New York? Outside of New York? In a, I don't know. It's not like she had the internet where she could just order clothes from like Saks Fifth Avenue or Chanel or what, all those other, you know, those designer stores. I can't think of any at the moment, but... Not to mention, this woman is so overdramatic. <laughs> and she's talking about this plant. Like, you're in a restaurant, right? You got six kids that are nearby with that video game. They're preoccupied. They don't hear what's going on. But, and the place looks empty. But it's like, you're talking in non-hushed tones about committing fraud and, and, and uh, smuggling jewels and stuff. I'm sure the employees that are probably wiping down tables and stuff are within earshot of this. I, I They must. They must be. So, Claudia is not about to give up her fancy-free lifestyle of living the lifestyles of the rich and not famous with her designer clothes and her designer dog and her disgusting looking brother honestly that widow's peak is to the like meets at a point on his forehead he literally looks like a gray black haired dracula he's dressed in black and a white or a red it's the 80s you know you wrap the sweater around the neck you tie it off in the front that kind of thing the preppy look the the zach morris prep look or yeah it always seems like in the 80s, they'd always have these, like, uh, preppy kids that join their parents who were part of country clubs, and they'd always, like, be playing tennis, but they'd have, like, the sweater on the back, over the shoulders, the arms tied in the front. Yeah. It, clearly, Claudia wears the pants in this relationship. Relationship. They're siblings. Quote-unquote siblings. <laughs> yeah. He just looks like Claudia gets violent with him, slaps him around, because he's, like, cowering in that booth. Like, ah, don't hit me again, please. I promise not to disagree with you again. He basically is like, you need to calm your shit, girl, okay? You're gonna get us in trouble. Like, we're gonna get, like, ears all over this place. They're still playing this game? How many levels does it have? Good grief. Oh, I love Eleanor's tie, her striped tie that she's wearing. What's interesting is how this game is kind of predicting what's going to come when the chipmunks and the chipettes are going on their adventure, like going through Fiji, thunderstorms, bad weather, 
being on an island somewhere. Volcanoes. Oh, the, um, the little village there. The people throwing spears. This is depicting, though, how the whole movie is going to be played out. Chipettes won because Elvin's hot air balloon got taken down by crocodiles. That sucks. Here we go. Elvin's like, you're lucky this is just a game because if this were real life, I would totally smack down on your ass. Yeah, they get right in each other's faces, these two. I could never see them having a real relationship because they'd always be trying to outdo each other with things. It'd always be a competition. Of course, he's like, if I had the money, I'd race you around the world. And of course, Claudia and Klaus are over here and it's like, hmm, what's this? Race around the world, huh? Hmm. So she doesn't have to think very far for looking for replacement uh, jewelry smugglers or diamond smugglers. Is he pulling a Balky right now? Because Claudia, of course, over here, the, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Nobody's like, don't be ridiculous. Like, they're only children. And she's like, exactly. God, this lady probably have work done on her face, too. Got enough makeup on to last for a lifetime. Man, she is violent. She grabs his face even, like, he's like, look, they're children, okay? Just forget about anything. No, you're not going to ruin this for me. I need designer clothes. I need designer handbags for my dog, Sophie. I need more big giant bows for the back of her head. I need more imported cigarettes from France. So, of course, Brittany's calling Elvin out, like, hey, unless you inherit a fortune, we'll never know who's going to be the better one at a hot air balloon race around the world. So, of course, Klaus and Claudia are, like, playing the two against each other, Elvin and Brittany, like, oh, I bet she could win. Oh, do you fancy a wager? Yes. I put my money on Elvin, you'll put your money on Brittany, and we'll see who comes out on top. So, dollar signs are in Elvin and Brittany's eyes. Like, a million dollars? That's the bet. Whoever gets there first and delivers all the dolls that look like the chipmunks will get, they'll get that million dollars. I'd be like, show me that million dollars and maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> Someone bet you a million dollars. How many times as a kid were you like, I bet you a million dollars you can't, like, uh, down this cup of water and dirt? I'd be like, that's the easiest bet to make because you know nobody's got a million dollars to, yeah. You asked to see that money first before you, you uh, agreed to that bet, by the way. Dog can't breathe in there. They just like turn that flap. Oh, it's a purse. <sighs> that poor dog. I mean, the dog's a pain in the ass because. And see why she hates Klaus because he treats the dog like. He treats Sophie like shit. Like, oh, this is Sophie. Mm. Go back into your little purse hide. Oh my gosh. So the chipmunks are down, except for Simon. Um, because Elvin's pretty much calling the shots as long as Brittany's, uh, wanting to do this. He's like, hey, you ain't gonna win this one. This is all me here. The way that Claudia's holding on to Elvin, pressing him against her chest, and then the way that Klaus is hanging on to Brittany, it's just, this is really gross. These are children that you're touching like that. 
Oh, this cutie. I can imagine her winning this race. Oh, and this handsome little boy. Like, stop. 100,000. I thought it was a million dollars. What's this 100,000? Like, excuse me. I swear on my own that I heard a million dollars. So, yeah, the other chipmunks and chipettes are not thrilled. Like, uh, what? Are you serious about that? Oh, man. Of course, now they got to come up with a, well, we agree we're going to do this. Now, how the heck are we going to get out of this house and get out from under Miss Miller? It's not that hard. She's not all that bright. <laughs> but they got to come up with something clever. So they're calling Dave in whichever part of the country of Europe that he's part of Europe he's in at the moment at like 3 a.m., to get him to record some dialogue so that way they can... And mind you, this is 1987. You don't have things like Audacity or what other editing programs to use. He's basically got, like, a film, you know, tape reel thing going to have to, like, cut and splice and all that stuff. Oh, no, wait, because he's just playing it, like, the parts that he needs to play on it when they're doing the uh, recorded phone call. So, later that night in their room, Elvin is copying a plan about how they have to call Dave. They have to get him to say these specific words, like, Miss Miller, I want Elvin, Simon, and Theodore to meet me in Europe. Bye-bye. So, Elvin's like, hey, Theodore, you got that tape recorder ready? And we just go over to Theodore's bed. <laughs> and it, it's one of those tape recorder, like, that has you know, two reels with tape running between the both of them. And, of course, Theodore is just covered in it. Like, what? No, no, it doesn't look ready to me. <laughs> oh, so that's how they got uh, Theodore to, uh, as Simon says, yeah, that's what it takes for Theodore to deceive anybody, is two packages of Tutti Frutti, which I'm guessing is gum. I actually think of fruit stripe gum, which I've just, I tried it. I'm in agreement with everyone that says the first, like, five seconds is great, but after that it's just like, ugh. Oh, that was disappointing. <laughs> so Evan just sees this as a win-win in his book. Chance at $100,000 and a trip around the world. Nothing excites Elvin more than money and traveling and fame. And money. I love how Simon is reading a stress how to cope book. Because Elvin's already on the phone getting ready to dial Dave's number, which he probably just left for emergencies. And Simon's like, Elvin, you do realize that it's like three in the morning there, right? It's like, yeah, 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 that's fine. Oh, oh, that's why. Yeah, because he knows that Dave is going to be like half of mainly 98% asleep, so he's barely going to be functioning when it comes to his thought process. Oh my gosh, look at this room that he's got set up. This is huge, and it's got a view right out those French doors of the Eiffel Tower, guys. Wow, that is some room. What is he doing on this business trip? You know, the room that Dave is in with that um, little, it's like a canopy, but not. It's almost like uh, a little tent kind of over 
the top of his bed, and it makes me think of Lady Trem that scene in Cinderella with Lady Tremaine. Yeah. So I cut back to the boys' house. Elvin's got this whole script about how the words exactly how they need to be said. It says, Hello, Miss Miller. I want Elvin, Simon, and Theodore to meet me in Europe. So I was like, Hello, Elvin. And then it, Dave's eyes get really big. Like, oh my gosh, what is it? What's wrong? Oh God, I'm sure Simon is rolling his eyes at this as Elvin's like, Oh, I just missed the sound of your voice. Oh my gosh. So, of course, the way that he tricks Dave, like, hey, Dave, guess how many people are, are in the house right now? And Dave's like, I don't know, Elvin. Oh. And Elvin's like, well, there is me. There's also Simon and Theodore. And as he's trying to get Dave to say, Miss Miller's like, Miss Miller? Oh, and we do have the tape recorder running with Theodore with... Elvin, oh, how, that, that is just amazing. You know, it's a regular landline phone where you're barely going to be hearing the other person's voice out of the bottom speaker. But apparently that comes in really good on that tape recorder. So we go, he's gone through the script as he's crossing out lines, and the only thing left to say is bye-bye. Like, oh, that's all I need. I mean, it was nice talking to you, Dave. Bye-bye. Like, okay. It's like, no, bye-bye. It's like, bye-bye. Oh, God. This part, and the fact that Dave is now out of the bed, sitting in the smallest armchair that can barely hold his body. He's built like a quarterback, a linebacker. One of those big, burly, shouldered football people. Is Dave not getting enough sun? He looks very pale. Like... Almost to the point of being translucent like a ghost. Oh, yep, they gotta edit that tape now. Cut out all that extra stuff that Dave said that they don't need in this recording for Miss Miller. Alright, let's see. It's the morning. Miss Miller's getting everyone their breakfast. Apparently, Elvin gets raisin bread. Simon gets the English muffins. And oh, my good golly, just listen to the amount of food that Theodore is gonna get for breakfast. The banana bread, the orange slices, the cereal, bowl of yogurt, peanut butter sandwich. Good, good. And you see, he's already got all this stuff. Miss Miller, why are you recounting for us, the viewers, what's in front of Theodore? Pancakes with gooseberry jam. Jesus Louisa! I gotta say, are they planning to eat Theodore for Thanksgiving? Why are they pumping him up? Scrambled eggs with toast. So this is just, it's going on and on and on. I noticed that there is a box of Honey Nut Cheerios. You can make out the Cheerios on the box. And I think the honeybee. And of course, Alvin is like, I wonder when Dave will call us. Hint, hint, Theodore, get upstairs and get the tape recorder ready. So that way we can call Miss Miller. Right? Remember, that's today, right now. Put the cereal bowl down, take the spoon out of your mouth, and get upstairs. Phone rings! Of course, Elvin is running across that table, kitchen table and knocks over <laughs> Simon's milk, which goes all over the table, and including Simon's getting a milk bath, a milk shower, right in the face. Like, ugh. Honey Nut Cheerios! I see it on the counter. You see the Honey Nut and the Cheerios 
on that box. So Alvin's got the phone. He's right on the kitchen counter by Miss Miller. Like, oh, Dave, what a coincidence. It's you. We were just talking about you. As we see Theodore looking at the tape recorder like he's never seen it before. Okay, now how does this work again? Let me start pushing buttons. You? 100%. I am I'm getting a snapshot of this and putting it on the Instagram and the Facebook pages for the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast, because you guys gotta see it. Speaking of Honey Nut Cheerios, they must have changed the formula in it, because I remember liking Honey Nut Cheerios, and it actually tasted like it was just covered and doused and shaken up in honey. Now it's like they changed the formula, the ingredients, they did something to it, because it does not taste like it used to. It just tastes off somehow, or kind of blandish. So I was like, Miss Miller, it's Dave. He wants to talk to you. So she takes the phone. She's like, hello? And you just cut back upstairs as Theodore's got the phone in one hand. He's pressing a button on this tape recorder. And you just see this, this tape. It's just, it's all over the place. Oh, my gosh. You were fine with it before, uh, Theodore? What's going on? Guess he's got to eat all that breakfast before he can actually make a, an actual thought of some kind. He needs that brain food is what he needs. He needs those Cheerios. And all Mrs. Miss Miller's getting a snippet. And Miss Miller just pulls the phone away from her and looking at the phone like it's possessed. Like, David, are you drunk? <laughs> She actually, before she says, if she, I remember if she's, yeah. <laughs> but she's like sticking her finger in her ear, trying to, maybe she thinks she's got wax filled up. And poor Simon over there is still mopping up that milk mess. It's like, it's not your hearing aid, Miss Miller. It's like, okay, so she does have a hearing aid. Elvin takes a phone from her. It's like, oh, it's a bad connection here. Let me see it. And we cut back up to the bedroom as... Theodore, what are you doing? At least the tape is not all, like, uh, spinning out of those reels again. He's actually got it. Dude, what are you doing? You should have had Simon. Simon wants no part of this. You know he doesn't. Otherwise, he would be the one up there manning that thing. He's got it in, like, slow-mo playback. I was like, Miss Miller? And this is where Miss Miller's like, David, are you drunk? <laughs> Finally, he gets a plane at the right speed. And it's like, hello, Miss Miller, I want Elvin, Simon, and Theodore to join me in Europe. Of course, Miss Miller's like, can you repeat that again? And Simon's like, this lady can't even keep take care of a cat. Where are the chipettes? Are they fending for themselves? I want, I in the show, in the show, she was taking care of them. Is she not now? Are they more mature than the chipmunks where they don't need to have supervision? They can just take care of themselves? I don't know. With Brittany there, I don't know. She's just as bad as Elvin. So, of course, Taxi drives them off, drops them off at Klaus and Claudia's mansion. And it's like, oh, we were supposed to be here at 2. I hope we're not too late. And, of course, I'm sure the chipettes are already there because they're on time. So Theodore admits he's having a guilty conscience. Like, I feel guilty for tricking Miss Miller. It's called a conscience. It's called guilt, Theodore, okay? It's called guilt. 
All right, we do see the girls have gotten there first. They are getting their balloon all set up. We see the boys' blue balloon is right there. So Brittany, of course, like, oh, so you finally decided to show up, Valve. And, and I was like, hey, somebody's got to win this race. And well, I ain't going to be you. Simon, of course, goes over to Klaus, who's wearing a jacket over his shoulder. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I've already talked about it. Pleading with Klaus. Please reconsider. Don't make us do this. And, of course, Klaus does not give a rat ass about Simon or his concerns. Burstein, that's his and Claudia's last name. Yeah, he wants him to call it off. And, of course, Elvin's like, no, Simon, don't listen to him, Klaus. We are thrilled to do this. So Claudia's telling Simon not to worry so much. And she kisses him on the cheek. And he just rolls his eyes like, ugh. No help there, obviously. All right, so basically what's going to happen, they're both taking different routes. They're going to be depositing 12 dolls at 12 different locations. Holy moo. Okay, I know this is a cartoon and everything, but Klaus's pants are so tight, you can not only see the outline of his underwear, but you can see his bulge in the middle of his pants. Or, like, ew, gross. There's even a gross, out, a nasty scene coming up. So we do see the diamonds inside the dolls that, of course, are the dolls' replicas of the chipmunks, and then the chipettes get dolls that look like them. Yeah, no, not taking into account that these are minors, and even if they won money, wouldn't that technically be going in, like, a college fund, savings, because they're minors! They can't make decisions about $100,000. And not to mention, $100,000 for all of them together, they gotta split it three ways. Who knows? We're not worrying about details about that, apparently. Not to mention, oh my gosh, what about the taxes that are going to have to, uh, whatever. I love how Simon's actually trying to help out Jeanette. I can't tell whose glasses are bigger. I swear Jeanette's are like enormous than Simon's. He's like, hey, don't take the northeastern route because I heard on the news there's going to be a hurricane. Of course, Brittany just thinks that he's trying to foul them up, the girls up, so that way the boys will win. Like, don't listen to him. He's lying. I can't believe, Brittany, that you just compared Simon to Elvin. Like, oh my gosh, he's getting worse than Elvin. Simon wants no part in this. He's made it abundantly clear multiple times. Oh, the girls' route is shorter than the guys? How is that fair? Simon, get your ass in that, uh, hot air balloon basket. He's like, please, reconsider! And it's like, okay, bye. And then Simon has to struggle to climb the rope of the basket just to be able to get into the- oh my gosh. He is crushing her dog's face to her shoulder. Jamal would never suspect them in a million years! Ah! Like, shut up, bitch. I don't like her. And I don't like Klaus. He sucks. He's terrible. Both terrible excuses for human beings. And look at the dang place! They live in a dang mansion! Alright, turns out the girls are headed exactly right into a storm, just like Simon predicted. Should've listened to him. So, of course, Claudia's on the phone letting whoever know that the deliveries have been sent out, they're on their way, you'll get your money, your diamonds, your whatever. And here comes Sophie with one of Claudia's stockings. Sophie's got another stupid but I like red, but still, stupid bow. 
And the dog's got a diamond stud studded collar, and she wants Klaus to play with her. Who Klaus, who is just like picking lint off his suit jacket and just tossing. I thought he was like picking skin flakes off his fingers and like throwing that at the dog, but no, it's like lint on his shirt. Of course, Claudia sees Klaus is just sitting there in a chair, and Sophie wants someone to play tug of war. Like, oh, just play with her, Klaus. It's not going to kill you. And of course, Klaus is just sitting there rolling his eyes. Of course, Klaus is just the whole time rolling his eyes to the hem, like, uh, as he's like pulling on the other end of the stocking. What accents do they have? I can't place them to save my ass. Alright, so the boys are going to Mexico, the girls are going to Bermuda with the dolls. And of course, Mario is in the kitchen, because the guy on the phone with Claudia is like, is there someone else on the line? It's like, no, there's no one here but. Me and Klaus and Sophie and Mario, who is on the phone talking to whoever, just saying, you know, basically he's a, a spy, just telling him where the girls are going to go and where the boys are going to go. So I'm going to kind of infiltrate. Well, apparently it's not Claudia's stocking, it's Klaus's Pierre whatever socks. You didn't, because... The sack ends up ripping, and he's like, oh, you lose again, you stupid mutt. This bitch needs her coffee. Where's my coffee? Because I'm smoking a cigarette. I need my coffee to go with it. If this is Jamal, I don't know, but he looks like the Godfather. Only not. So apparently that hurricane did some damage, because they're now on an island somewhere, a sandy beach somewhere, that... Hot air balloon looks worse for wear. The girls' clothes are practically, like, shredded to the point where it's falling off of them. Their hair is just all over the place. Looks like they got their fingers in a light sock. Maybe it was electricity hit them or something. Can't even admit that she was wrong. Like, no, it's fine. Let's go through this hurricane and the lightning. All right, let's go check on the boys who are uh, got their hot air balloon stuck in a tree. Great. And their drop-off point, since they're going to Mexico, of course, Theodore, always thinking about food, sees the clock and taco, which makes me think of, like, a combo KFC Taco Bell. That's where they're supposed to drop off one of the dolls and then exchange it for whatever one is being given to them. The doors aren't even open yet! He's speaking to two shut doors. Of this restaurant that looks like, you know how checkers you can just drive up or you can go to the window but you can't sit in it? You wouldn't be able to now anyway with it being 2020 with what's going on. But, he's alright, let's see what he's going to get. Two cheese enchiladas. Extra sauce. Tostada grunt. How does he even know what they have? Is he looking at a menu? Or is he just hoping, well, it is a chicken and cluck and taco or whatever it's called, so I'm sure they have what I want here. Quesadilla, side of guacamole, gotta have that guac. Two chili, what, chili dogs? What was he gonna say before Simon grabbed him and pulled him back? Like, relax, Theater, we're not here to eat. Yes, of course they're closed. <laughs> You're speaking to a shuttered window, buddy. So they drop their Elven doll and they get a Britney doll in return. So that must mean that the girls drop their dolls and get the boys' boy dolls in return. Of course, Theodore takes this opportunity to talk to this open 
window here with a sombrero that they just got a doll out of. Like, oh, and a quesadilla! As he's continuing his uh, want list. When did this turn into the three amigos or caballeros or whatever? You got guys coming down on horses, wearing sombreros, shooting the guns in the air. The kids are freaking out, thinking they're going to be killed. Alright, so this guy's like, hey, I'm not to worry about boys. This is our annual fiesta. Come join the party. And they break into song singing, I like you very much. Meanwhile, those two goons, that, that guy who may or may not be Jamal, who looks like the godfather, are trying to get these dolls too. And of course, the guy who's like, hey boys, it's fine, it's fiesta, it's party time. He's on the phone. On a payphone. So is he talking to... I don't think he's talking to Klaus or Claudia, because Klaus is tanning in this large tanning room, and it looks like Claudia may be doing exercises. Oh, she's on a phone! That's what she's doing. Oh, she must be on a treadmill or something. Alright, so the girls gotta go scuba diving. There's no instructor there. They've probably never been, clearly never been scuba diving. It's like, oh, it's not that hard. Just take these giant oxygen tanks. They're probably way more than we do with the goggles and the flippers and just go in with the doll and exchange it. Oh my gosh, this feels like a throwback to the Little Mermaid with a sunken ship and you know how Ariel was going treasure hunting? Just like this. So the two goons that are following the chipmunks and chipettes, they go to that boat that the girls jumped off of. It says, down below, back in a few hours, Mr. Anton, who I guess is leading the girls to where they need to drop off the doll and get the other doll. So, Brittany almost becomes shark food. The shark has actually got her oxygen tank in its mouth with Brittany attached to it. Luckily, they, they're able to free Brittany. And the shark and the goon are just blown away by that oxygen tank expelling air all over inside the ocean. Why? We got Eleanor and Jeanette. They're wearing one pieces, yet Brittany has to go with a two piece. That's too reveal. These are supposed to be children, right? Maybe under the age of 10? My favorite song of the whole movie! Oh, I love this song! Off to see the world. It's my favorite song. I definitely do like Girls of Rock and Roll too. That's like my second favorite. This one is really my favorite. So we're going to get, a lot of these are going to be song montages. Of course, we can't see them go to each individual place. So we're just going to sing about the places that they're going to go to. Because, you know, they got 11 more stops to go to. Or 10, I can't remember. I, oh, this is so pretty animation. I love it. It's like the sun is setting and we have this lazy, like, little river. And just, I love how the sun is just reflecting off, it's like, the river is just a golden color. And if you want to be gross and say it looks like pee with sparkles in it, sure, but you can just say, it looks like liquid gold with sparkles in it. Alright, so they mentioned the Cliffs of Dover. Alright, so what I'm seeing is the Cliffs of Dover. White Cliffs of Dover is the region of English coastline facing the Strait of Dover in France. Alright, gotcha. Okay. So is this they're going to Rio? So they're going to Brazil? I'm not sure. This has got to be Holland because of the windmills, I'm guessing. Alright, we hear of Switzerland, so they're stopping there. Poor Theodore, he's trying to get, like, a banana from a monkey. He's trying to get, I don't know what that's supposed to be, but... 
could be yummy. We just see Simon dragging him away. They just, boys just left Africa. I guess the girls went to Sweden. Now they're going to Rio? Then what were they at before? Theodore can't even eat an apple because the bald eagle just took it from him. So that looks like the Colosseum there. Looks like they went to England because they're wearing those tall black hats that the British guards. Oh, there's Big Ben in the background. The Leaning Tower of Pisa. Just getting snippets of all these places they're going to. Looks like they're going, this could be, I'm not sure. There's beer steins and lederhosen. Uh, it looks like those clawed, you know, shoes the girls are wearing. Holland? The boys are in one of those gondolet boats. Gondolin? Gondolay? Alright, so we gotta check in with Klaus, Claudia, and Sophie. Sophie's, I mean, even Sophie's got her, one of those reclining uh, pool chair things. Of course, we got Klaus drinking a Bloody Mary. Oh, of course, Claudia's gotta have one that's got, like, a little, um, a little, uh, shade thing on the front, like, uh, an awning or something. Don't want to get the sun on herself. Stay as pale as possible. She's probably drinking something like a martini or whatever. She's reading a giant book. What the heck is she reading? It ain't Harry Potter. Maybe it. That was over a thousand pages. Of course, there's a phone call from Europe. Claudia gets out of her uh, reclining pool chair. And she gets a water droplet on Sophie, and Sophie is just like, <laughs> No, Klaus is like, Oh, did the little spoiled brat get wet? Of course, Klaus has got to antagonize Sophie more, so he takes his finger into the pool, the, the water in the pool, and just kind of flicks Sophie, and she's like, Oh my goodness, water! <laughs> He's just laughing, like, <laughs> Did the spoiled brat get wet? So Sophie gets even with him by puncturing his pool recliner. Pops a hole right in it, sending Klaus like zoom, zoom, zoom all over the pool. How he manages to stay on this thing while it's ricocheting all over the, the water in the pool is beyond me. This dog has got like a beer gut going on. What's, what? How much are you feeding this dog? Why the dog isn't wearing a bikini or a bathing suit? Of course... Claudia gets off the phone. It's like, oh my gosh, Sophie, you, you're all wet. <laughs> and Klaus is just like, there's like a fish that's spitting water in the pool. And he's just whoop, 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 whoop. like, dude, get out of the pool. I don't want to stare at Klaus's ass at all, ever. It just, it looks so gross. Even seeing that, that towel draped over his so nasty. Just the way they draw these characters and just Klaus and Claudia, just like, ugh. The set, they sexified to like way, way, like, ugh. Of course, Theodore wants his couscous. This kid, has he been, well, has he been eating? He had a big breakfast, so that was probably days ago. How long has this trip been so far? I don't know, but he wants a large bowl of couscous. Of course, Elvin. Wants to get an apple. Turns out the girls are also there. Brittany puts her hand on the apple. And they're going to have a rock and roll sing-off. Like, I bet we can out rock and roll you. Like, you want to bet you're on? Where are you getting... Do you have money to pay for this food? Or is it an all-expenses-paid trip? 
since you're doing Klaus and Claudia's dirty work. Like, oh yeah, just go wherever. If you want food, don't worry, it's already paid for. And Apple is the size of Brittany and, and Alvin's head. It's huge. You know that Jeanette and Simon want to trade off information, kind of like, like, hey, how's it going? Well, we ran into some trouble. And Brittany is so fast to shut Jeanette up. And of course, Elvin is the same way with Simon. Like, shut up, shut up. We're not delving details to the other team. And of course, Simon's like, oh, we gotta keep these two apart. They're egos. It's, the world is not big enough for the egos of Elvin and Brittany. Of course, I don't know why I always find myself saying this line as... Theodore is dragged away seconds before he can get his couscous. He's like, my couscous! And I don't know why I say the line like that. My couscous! Apparently Dave is also there where the kids are at. And he wants to get them like a wooden box of some sort. Like, oh, I want to get them something nice that they'll enjoy because they're all stuck home alone. So he gets them, what, a wooden box? And then, of course, the kids run past him. He's like, oh my gosh, look at my boys! What business is Dave doing there? I want to know. Unless he's done his business and he's just vacationing at this point. He's got to get away from those kids, especially Elvin. Ooh. song is just it's great and it's crazy. And you see the two goons that have been following the chipmunks and chipettes while the guys and girls are having their sing-off dance-off. And you even see Dave like climbing up the side of this pyramid thing. And of course... He ends up getting knocked down just the same as the goons, and it's just like, oh my goodness. But it's such a good song. Of course, as the song is finishing towards the very, very end, the kids are going, you know, they're getting in their hot air balloons, they're continuing on the journey. We see Dave, it's like, those couldn't have been my boys. Could they? They wouldn't. Wouldn't they? Think about it. Elvin trying to get into your cab to go with you to the airport. Yeah, I mean, this is not that far-fetched. You got Elvin with the wild ideas. You got Simon, who pretty much could bring these plans to fruition. Even though Simon was 100,000% against this competition to begin with. So, of course, he wants to figure out if the boys are actually there. Like, I better just call and double-check. And we get Miss Miller, who is not aware that the kids are gone. Chloe has not been aware. How many days have passed? I'm just trying to think. It's been at least, what, maybe a couple days? I don't know. But she's saying that, come on to my house, I'm gonna give you candy. <laughs> she's just baking and washing dishes. She don't got a care in the world. This is a vacation for her. Wait a minute, now that I think about it, wait, wait, wait. Maybe the girls don't live with Miss Ma I swear they did. But I thought they lived in some form of a treehouse clubhouse scenario, but who knows. I love how their table is set. Their kitchen table is set up with, like, a booth type. It's a square table with, like, um, a red booth going around. Like, that is so cool. You know what that makes me think of? The movie E.T. when they're all sitting down to dinner, that one dinner scene, and they got like a rectangular, or not a rectangle, almost like a triangle-ish type table, and just the booth. And it almost makes you feel like you're sitting in a pizza hut, because they also have the stained glass lamp. Well, not, you know, the chipmunks, but on E.T. Again with the Joker, oh my gosh. 
So, of course, Dave's calling, and Miss Mail's like, hello? <laughs> and she, in her mind's already spoken to Dave, so she's wondering why the heck he's like, hey, um, are the boys available? And she's like, how would I know? She assumes the boys are with him. He's like, hey, I'm just calling to see how everything is. And she's like, oh, everything's fine, David. <laughs> Quiet as a mouse around here. And Dave's like, Alvin's behaving himself? Really? And of course she's like, well, how would I know? He is. That's great. <laughs> the way he's like, Alvin's behaving himself? It's almost like you're not sure if it's a question or it's a statement from him. This almost seems like that, that who's on first type of bit. Because he... He's like, hey, can I talk to the boys? And she's like, well, I don't see why not. And he's like, well, is Alvin available? He's like, available for what? Like, to talk. Like, well, how should I know? I mean, I'm thinking, he's here, he's there with you. And he's like, he's just scratching, like, oh, dealing with a senile lady. <laughs> well, I just called to see if everything's fine. Everything's fine, David. He's like, well, give the boys my love. And she's like, well, why don't you give them their love? She's like, well, are they available? And she's like, available for what? Like, enough with this. Does he have that phone cord and that pay, that pay phone cord wrapped around his neck? So, of course, you're like, oh, and David, get some rest, will you? So, no, she wasn't washing dishes. She was making, like, some bit, probably some cupcakes, maybe a cake. I don't know. So the goons are talking to uh, whoever that guy is, the godfather dude, and he's not happy that they haven't been able to get these kids. Like, uh, basically taking candy from a baby. I need to find bigger, stronger, tougher guys. And they're all, the two goons are like wincing, like, oh. We got the girls, they're going through the pyramids, and we do see some... Men there in, in robes and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, there they are. Right on time. So the guys, uh, these goons, are just racing camels to catch this hot air balloon. And they're just emptying whatever they can possibly find in that hot air balloon basket to hit those guys with. Oh, it looks like they've been captured. They uh, got stuck in a tree again. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we get this little emperor child here, and you might recognize this voice. Like, wow, you know what? That sounds like Bart Simpson. And you know what? You would be correct. Nancy Cartwright, everybody. Voices this little prince boy. So, yeah, it looks like the kid is, the emperor child is all like, hey, I like her pointing to Brittany. In ten years, she's gonna be one of my wives. Uh-huh. She wants to keep the girls there, just return the dolls. Like, no, no, the girls have to be released. Like, no, no, I don't take orders from Jamal. Of course, Jeanette and Eleanor are trying to... They're telling this emperor kid, like, hey, you don't want Brittany. She's a pain in the ass. She sucks at cleaning. Her cooking is absolutely atrocious. It will give you food poisoning. I tr trust me on that. Oh my goodness, Jeanette. She's like, Brittany spends money like a drunken sailor. Okay. So it turns out he ain't waiting t 10 years. He's like, we're getting married at dawn. That's how it's going to be. So the ladies are getting Brittany all ready to go in her new attire to be married to, as she refers to him as, pint-sized twerp. 
Tiny Tim, all the short jokes that she can muster. But of course, Brittany can always be swayed by money because she, I don't care how rich he is. Wait, how rich is he, by the way? This is where we meet the baby penguin. Oh, so cute. I just want to cuddle it. The big old big eyes. Eleanor just falls in love right away with this penguin. But of course, the penguin is a gift to Brittany. A wedding gift. Free wedding gift. So the penguin is wearing a little heart-shaped locket around its neck. Eleanor opens it and sees that the baby has a mama and a daddy. And it's just oh, it's so sweet. You just see the baby penguin being held by his mom in a blanket. And the dad is right there. And she's like, oh, my heart, my heart. Oh, yeah, they got to find the dolls so they can leave. Of course, they found the dolls. Only problem. There's a bunch of, what in the world? Are those like King Cobra snakes? I'm not really versed in different types of snakes. I know there's like rattlers and cobras and whatevers. These ones got like diamonds on their backs and then the backs of their hoods. So I'm cobras maybe? I don't know. But they sing the song Get Lucky With You, which eh, I don't know. The only way they're gonna they feel that they're gonna get to the dolls is to romance the snakes with this get lucky with you song. Yeesh. They got them. Alright, they got the dolls. They're on their way. They're getting out. Alright, let's check in with the boys. They around a campfire and sleeping bags. Like, hey, let's just get a good night's rest. We'll be fresh tomorrow. We'll be on our way. Theater, of course, is freaking out because, of course, you're in the woods. All you got is a campfire for light. You don't know what's out there. You know, bugs, animals, other things. He's freaked out. It's like, we really shouldn't have taken... Whose idea was it? Did Elvin's. It was clearly Elvin's idea to take a shortcut. Elvin, you're going to get yourself and your brothers killed. Of course, Elvin's like, Theodore, relax. It's not the arcade game. It isn't. Remember that scene with them throwing like the um, the spears at the balloons? That's exactly how the movie plays out, just as it did in the arcade game. Elvin finds a lizard in a sleeping bag. <sighs> hey, you're in the woods. You don't know what's out there. You don't know what's gonna crawl into your sleeping bag. And they're on the ground. They don't have a tent. I think that lizard thing came back and decided to lay on Elvin's like stomach. Bye-bye, Theodore. He was right. There's something out there. As hands reached out from the ferns behind him and yanked him out of his sleeping bag. First, Elvin and Simon slept through all of that. And Elvin's like, hey, Theodore, the boogeyman get you. And they see, like, Theodore's sleeping bag is empty. Of course, they see footprints going off into the woods. Like, well, we, or forest. Why am I saying woods? Woods, forest. Yep. Like, let's follow these footprints. Maybe we'll find him. So, they stumble upon a village. Probably figure, well, theater's gotta be here, because where else is it gonna be? Of course, they're wandering into the village, trying to be quiet. Theodore! Theodore! Where are you? Bam! They get, like, uh... Surrounded by men in loincloths and spears. And, of course, Alvin's like, hey, Simon, 
Watch me work my magic here. Ah, the maestro of getting out of tough situations. <laughs> Looks like Elvin's got an extra spare uh, shirt with an A on it. Some shoes. So he's going to try to negotiate. Like, hey, check out this shirt. Simon, hold up that shirt. Look at these shoes. Pretty great, huh? Uh, how in the holy goodness? He's got... <laughs> How's he fit a stereo? A giant 1980s boombox. The, the, it's cartoons. You fit anything into those backpacks. Say, like, hey, you get the shirt, the shoes, and the boombox. All we ask in return is you return our little butterball brother that you stole from us last night. No. No, no, no. We're gonna, basically, they're going to take their stuff that you're offering, and no, we're keeping your little butterball brother. Now we see... Simon and Alvin, they're basically tied up against one of these huts. And they're wearing loincloths, so clearly their clothes have been taken. <laughs> uh, and Simon's just brilliant negotiating, Alvin, as we see one of the uh, villagers with Alvin's shirt rocking out to some music coming out of the speakers of that giant 80s boombox. Like, yeah! Look at me! Get oh, actually, the way he's got him positioned on his shoulder, because apparently in the 80s, that's how you listen to your music. With the giant boomboxes that weighed like 30 pounds on your shoulder. Almost as big as one of those giant video recorders. <laughs> but he's got the speakers facing away from his ears. He actually looks to know where the batter in the back where the batteries would go. But he's just jamming out, doing his thing. No shame in his game. So of course Simon and Albert are worried, like, gosh, I hate to think what's happening to poor Theodore. He is living high on the hall. This guy, you know how this boy loves to eat? Everything he could want, anything he could want, they're giving it to him. But they have, an, they have a uh, little agenda. Like, oh yeah, we're going to feed you all that you want. But we, uh, there's a reason for that. Elvin, er, Theodore's wearing <laughs> a fruit basket hat. Like a Chiquita banana type of dealie. We get the chief here with the pink like headdress thing going on. And the multicolored um, loincloth that goes past his knees. But he's got the saggiest of boobies, this guy. Even if you guys go look up Nostalgia Critic, look up A Chipmunk Adventure where they review it. And it's just, the guy's, like, chest, it's, it's, it's flabby. It almost makes it look like he needs to don a sports bra. But whatever, whatever. You want, you want to, you know, that's just how things are. This is interesting. Now, I understand that the villagers speak a different language from the chipmunks. Understandable. Uh, <laughs> Simon has the ability, because he is so smart, to just be able to pick it. Like, okay, well, because the chief starts shaking his fist at the boys and, you know, speaking in another language, you know, language barrier. But... Simon is so smart. He can understand. It's like, if I'm translating correctly, long lost Prince of Plenty is what Simon's getting from the translation. That's what theater is. 
They're long lost. Friends of plenty. So, turns out the only way for Elvin and Simon to live is to be Theodore's servant slash... Um, yeah. Waiting on him hand and foot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Theodore is going to milk this for all it's worth. He definitely is. He's always been on the bottom rung as far as his brothers are concerned. It's always been Elvin and then Simon. That's where they go. Elvin, Simon, Theodore. Yeah. Beat, beat, beat. Theodore. Yeah. So this is Theodore's time to shine. He's getting the attention that he sorely doesn't get at home. It's nice for him to be the center of attention once in a while. Of course, Alvin's like, no, I am not gonna be a manservant for uh, my butterball brother, so I'm out of here. Spears in the face, get your butt over there, and pick up that rickshaw thing. You're gonna be carrying your brother around. Let's get back to the girls, see what they're up to. So, of course, the girls are just waking up. Brittany's like, Jeanette, get me something to eat because apparently Brittany can't get her butt over there and do it herself. And, of course, Eleanor's like, no, Jeanette, don't do it. And I swear I thought Brittany was going to say, wow, Eleanor, you're worse than Theodore. Because, you know, they both like to eat. I, really, I don't think that Eleanor thinks about food as much as Theodore. We don't, I mean... She goes over to the cooler, and of course, it's filled with ice, and this adorable baby penguin, oh, hitched along for the ride. I love how he waves up at Brittany. Hi! Brittany freaks out, like, oh my gosh, you were gonna eat this penguin? And of course, the penguin's like, ah! And dives into the ice. So, of course, Eleanor's like, no, don't be ridiculous, Brittany. We gotta get this little guy back to Antarctica to his mama and papa. Oh my gosh, this went dark. And she kind of whispers behind her hand, he'll die if we don't. Of course, Brittany's like, okay, Eleanor, how are we doing this Federal Express? It's like, no, I, I thought we would take him. Oh, Brittany, of course, does not want to sacrifice the $100,000. The fact that they could probably even lose the race by making this little side journey. And Brittany's like, Jeanette, talk sense to your sister. I like Jeanette, who's standing. I'm like, no. Eleanor is right. We have to do what's right for this little guy. He didn't ask to be taken away from his parents. We gotta take him back. I mean, I would have gotten in Brittany's face and said, hey, this is not about you. It's not about you. You are so selfish. I would have gotten in her face. I so would have gotten in her face. But Jeanette just does not have the confidence to stand up to her sister other than just say Eleanor's right we need to take him back even as Brittany's even trying to raise him with this baby penguin and say I'm sorry but we're talking about a hundred thousand dollars money means nothing to this baby penguin he doesn't need money to get by in the world he's fine so your concept of oh we're talking about a hundred thousand dollars means jack diddly to this baby he just wants his mama and daddy Oh, look, and he's got the big eyes. Oh, let's just get him home. Brittany, come on. Of course, Brittany's like, he doesn't look very good. Oh, you know, behind her hand. It's like, well, yeah, no, duh. Of course he doesn't. He's probably sick. So this is where the song Mother or My Mother, That's Who I Need, starts to play. The girls start to sing because the baby is refusing to eat 
I don't know what's in that bowl, but... And they don't know what penguins eat. Penguins eat fish, right? They eat fish. They might eat other things. I don't know. So is the baby penguin got a fever because she's dipping a rag into water and just kind of wiping his his head to cool him down? So there are, the song is pretty much just talking about how great it is to have a mother and everything that a mother does for their child. We see the baby penguin flashback to his mother tucking him into bed kissing him goodnight. And I'm just thinking, I'm surprised this isn't bringing up, you know, whatever memories they probably have of their own mother, even if they don't have memories. I mean, what's the next thing? Miss Miller? I don't know. But now we go back to Claudia, who's getting a phone call from the goons, saying that the girls have strayed about a thousand miles off course. And of course, this does not sit well with her at all. And I'm just kind of thinking, well, wait a minute. She bet on Elvin and the boys, so. <laughs> of course, in her wretched, evil mind, she thinks the girls have discovered the jewels and decided to make a break for it. Apparently, Sophie the dog is also getting her nails done. So let's go to the penguin hut, the ice. Um, gosh, now, why can I not think of the name? Ice. Igloo. That's what it is. Whew. So yes, inside the igloo, the baby penguin's mama is just upset because she sees the empty cradle. She sees the other mothers that have their babies. And she and her husband comes up behind her. And of course he's upset. And they're always hearing, mama, mama. And she's like, could it be? And they run outside the igloo. And of course there he is, just running arms open to his mama. It's so sweet. Of course, the girls depart. The goons are there. And of course, they want to stop, you know, the girls from going any farther on this, uh, their, onto their next destination. They even grab onto the bottom of the, um, basket of the hot air balloon. But luckily, the penguins start chucking snowballs at them and, uh, knock them off the basket so that's good so while the girls that are in the basket Jeanette notices because one of the dolls has been ripped open and it spilled the diamonds out because you know the girl and the boys they have no idea what exactly they're just transporting dolls they have no idea what's that there's something inside of them but she opens the Alvin doll and of course there's a crap ton of cash in the back of it stuffed in so it's basically they're transporting diamonds and then the boys dolls are the ones that are giving money in return for the diamonds so they're basically they realize they've been helping with this smuggling job so Brittany does the most says the most unselfish thing she's like wow so we gotta save the boys because if we're in danger then that means they're also in danger so, Simon and Alvin, they're trolling the ground looking for mushrooms because Theodore, for whatever reason, has got a craving for mushrooms. Three o'clock in the morning, he's got a craving for the mushrooms? Holy gagoogie. So, they stumble upon this hidden cave with inscriptions and pictures. Turns out... The Prince of Plenty is going to be sacrificed during the full moon. So, it's like, yeah, they're f- turning him up to kill him. As a sacrifice. 
all coincidental that they look up into the sky because it's dark. It's like three in the morning and there's a full moon. Now the boys are all tied to stakes, including the Prince of Plenty. Yeah, it's like they're on this piece of dirt rock that's being held in place by ropes that's just above where these crocodiles are. So, of course, Alvin's like, hey, do you have any requests, like musical requests, any songs we could sing, you know, before we die? Because they're lighting the ropes on fire, the villagers are. And it's like, okay, Alvin's like, hey, one last ditch effort to maybe save our lives or suspend this for as long as humanly possible before we're, like, crocodile food. Of course, the chief thinks about it. He's like, worry, bury! And of course, Simon's like, worry, bury? But luckily, he's like, oh, you mean woolly bully. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Also tied to these poles are the dolls. The Elvin and Brittany and, you know, the dolls and stuff like that. Like, eh, interesting. Chief, <laughs> his little uh, headdress thing going on, or little, uh, Headwear keeps getting lit on fire because he's holding a torch. And people keep having to, like, throw water at his face to put his hat out. Of course, the girls are floating by. They see lots of commotion, this music going on. And Eleanor takes her binoculars, and it turns out she sees Theodore tied up. So luckily, they come just in time to rescue those boys before their crocodile food. So, as they're flying away in the Chippets hot air balloon, Theodore's saying, oh gosh, I mean, I'm really going to miss them. They treated me so nice and fed me and everything. Should we say goodbye? And Simon's like, send him a postcard, Theodore. I gotta go back to Claudia. I haven't seen Klaus in a while, but... The dog Sophie is beyond spoiled. She's got... This doesn't even look like a regular dog bed. It looks like one of those... Her bed is just just like the dog's bed. So, of course, things aren't going to plan for Claudia. She's on the phone with whoever. Jamal. Maybe, I, don't know, I don't know. Somebody. The goon she set up. So, she, in anger, takes a vase, chucks it at the wall. It shatters, of course. Klaus comes in and is like... Claudia, it's 5 a.m. What's going on? And of course, Cla Claudia blames, like, oh, nothing. Just Sophie, like, broke a vase. And poor Sophie. Poor Sophie. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's like, what? I mean, her, Sophie's bed is, it's basically a replica of Claudia's bed. This dog is beyond spoiled. It's even kind of monogrammed S on the uh, footboard. Yeah, all they give a rat's crack about is all the expensive stuff. He's like, oh my gosh, he wants a priceless antique! Like, he's gonna attack the dog. And Claudia's like, Klaus, heal. <laughs> this guy is, like, naked under that robe. It's like, you need to keep that thing closed. We don't need to see your junk. So, she tells Klaus to go back to bed. She notices on her phone that there is, because it's one of those that has, like, multiple lines... She notices one of them is blinking. We see, I'm guessing, is this Mario? Who's down below, uh, talking on the phone, which is risky as hell because she's got all the lines displayed on her phone. Only one of them is blinking. Dude! 
So Claudia came downstairs as Mario was on the phone saying, hey, I'll meet you at the airport. She said, oh, we'll take you to the airport. Yep. So, of course, guess who also is near the airport? The Chipettes and the Chipmunks. And just, you see Dave's plane. And of course, we see him in the plane reading probably a Sky Mall magazine or whatever it's called. And you see just out that window the hot air balloon. So we see Klaus and Claudia are also at the airport. Oh, and they see the hot air balloon. Like, there they are. Of course, Claudia's, oh, it's so good to see you. And of course, Elvin, who the boys are still dressed, well, Simon and Elvin are dressed in loincloths. Theodore's dressed in his attire. We got the girls dressed to look like uh, Arabian princesses. And Elvin is like, don't you dare. Be nice. We we know what you were up to. Because he's got the spear. But of course, it becomes detached. And now it's just basically a bow staff. So Klaus is like, oh, don't try anything stupid. Just hand over the dolls. And of course, Simon luckily notices the garbage hatch to the plane above that uh, Klaus and Claudia are under. So he manages to take what is now a stick instead of a spear and launches it at the hatch and it opens and of course all the garbage just goes right on to Klaus and Claudia. Of course the last song playing the Diamond Dolls. So thus begins a chase through the airport's luggage claim down onto the luggage carousel. Of course Klaus is worried about making a scene. They're in the middle of the airport, you know, making a scene in front of all these people. So she's like, wait, well, just tell them we have the babysitter. What's her name? Miss Miller. Like, oh, I have a message from Miss Miller. All the kids stop. Like, what? So, of course, she's like, hey, hand over the dolls. Do as we say, or your precious Miss Miller is gonna die. Of course, Alvin's like, hmm, because he's the one holding on to the bag with the dolls. And Simon's like, Alvin, seriously, just give him the dolls. Oh, Dave is also at the airport. We got the kids in the limo with Klaus and Claudia. We also have Mario, who's been tied up and has been being watched by Sophie the dog. He's been just growling in his face the whole time. So, of course, Alvin's hat gets... Knocked off his head by the wind. Luckily, it lands right at David's feet. And he picks it up. He's like, hey, this calf looks like Alvin. You just hear, Dave! And Alvin in the back window is like, help! We see the car says, oh, that's not a limo, isn't it? Maybe it is. It says Sophie. There's a Sophie nameplate on the back of it. Of course, Dave starts screaming, help! Somebody! My sons are in trouble! Oh, Jamal's an inspector. Oh! So this was kind of a set of interesting gotcha. So he takes Dave by the hand, like, let's go. So Dave and Jamal are in a police car. Oh, we got the Diamond Dolls song playing as they're in traffic trying to chase after uh, Klaus and Claudia. Of course, Klaus and Claudia cause an accident to happen, so it kind of blocks Dave and Jamal the inspector. Who else is going? Yes, of course, someone's got to pick up Dave from the airport. Miss Miller with her Elvis convertible. Singing the witch doctor song. So, of course, Miss Miller is like, oh, there's the airport. You're going the wrong way. She's heading into oncoming traffic, of course. Klaus and Claudia plan to go on a private jet to Costa Rica with their money. Sophie with another freaking 
blue bow in her hair because, of course, Claudia's wearing blue. Although, their trip's gonna be cut short because who comes around the bend? It's Miss Miller in her Elvis vehicle. So she slams on, Miss Miller slams on her brakes. Klaus and Claudia's driver slams into a pole. Luckily, nobody's injured. Santa Claus and Claudia were not wearing seatbelts, so they just get flung into the middle of, uh, in between the seats. Oh, that's right! Elvador was like, you should have been wearing your seatbelts, because all three of the boys and all three of the girls have seatbelts on across their laps. Of course, Miss Miller's car is pretty much fine, except her rearview mirror falls off, and she is P.O.'d. Like, you would... It's almost like this was a happy accident. She's I hope you have insurance, Buster. Never in my life have I seen such reckless driving. Of course, the boys pop their heads out like, Miss Miller? Like, boys, what are you doing here? Hear the sirens, police cars in the background. It's Dave and the Inspector Jamal. Four cop cars. Well, three including Dave and Jamal. It's like, Elvin, my boys! And they're all running to him. Even the Chibets hug him. Of course, it's like, oh boy, it's good to see you, Dave. I think. Oh, Elvin, you are in so much trouble. Jamal, of course, has got Mario, Klaus, Claudia, and Sophie. Like, yep. Couldn't, his work couldn't be done more easier for him. Of course, Klaus toasts to Claudia. Here's to you, Claudia, with his champagne bottle as a handcuff is put around her wrist. So, why are they... You put their handcuffs behind their back and handcuff. You don't handcuff them in front of them. Because she's like out the window of the police car. Like, and one hair on my Sophie gets removed. You'll live to regret it. And the dog is just trying to rip apart this policeman's arm. Like ripping, ripping his uniform off of him. Miss Miller is bawling her eyes out. You think, oh, I expect this from you, Elvin, but not Theodore. Theodore, oh my god. <laughs> He's using, because Th Theodore's right in the front seat. Like, I can expect this deception from Alvin, but not you, Theodore. And she's, like, using Theodore's, like, clothes to blow her nose on. Ew. Of course, we got Alvin and Brittany with Dave. And it's like, okay, thank you for helping me and everything. Of course, the kids want their $100,000 for all the hard work that they had. And risking their lives. Their lives were at risk. Of course, he, Elvin's like, what about my $100,000? And Brittany's like, your 100000 We won the race. They were the last balloon standing, so yeah. But Elvin and Brittany are right in each other's faces. Go, like, oh, yeah, yeah. And of course, Dave's like, hey, you two are in enough trouble. I zip your lips. Hey, we got a lot of talking to do, and they're like, yes, Dave. Of course, Simon's like, you know, Miss Miller, maybe you should let Dave drive. And she's like, no, nonsense. Besides, driving relaxes me. Oh, God. Oh, she's like, get in, David, as Dave is, like, barely shutting the door. She's got her foot on that accelerator. Well, Elvin, of course, is screaming into Dave's ear, because Elvin's in the back. Dave's in the passenger seat. Like, we're talking about $100,000. And Dave's like, not now, Alvin. He's like, yeah, but they got $5 million in diamonds. Don't we get anything? It's like, Alvin, shut up. And Alvin's like, we just cracked a huge smuggling ring. And even Miss Miller's like, shut up, Alvin. And Alvin's like, okay, okay, we'll give you half. And you just hear Dave say, Alvin! 
And that is how the movie ends, everybody. They all go home. And I'm sure they get to recount all their amazing adventures for Miss Miller and Dave. And they're grounded for the rest of summer. Clearly it's got to take place during summer. For I mean, how long were these kids even gone for? Look like the majority of Dave's trip. So, alright. I had a fun time with this movie, everybody. And I hope you guys have a fun time listening to it. If you guys want to email the podcast, it's lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. Alright. Alright. Look for other movies this summer coming out that I'm going to review. We got The Little Rascals. We got The Parent Trap. We got The Babysitter's Club. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.